2: Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about Roe v. Wade. So grab your right to privacy. And let's get civical. Good evening, everyone. Oh, it's a choose-your-own-adventure. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You're going to go good afternoon? I'll go good evening. Oh, good evening. Good evening. Good, good morrow. Good morrow. Good day. Guten tag. Welcome <laughs> back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski, and we're bilingual today. Uh, yes. Me, me dropping... The word Guntag thus expands our international audience tenfold. Mm -hmm. I try to provide what I can. Bonsoir. Hola. We can do a lot of hellos. Yeah. Hello in every language. Hello in every language. I think it's great. I've always wanted to be fluent in another language, and I'm just not. Just not. I took Spanish in high school, and that was it. Actually, wasn't too bad. But you know, if you don't continue it at all, it's right. gone. Right. I can say nouns, certain nouns in Spanish. <laughs> but but if not you much need else. the word for
1: pencil. I got you. By I got asking you, how got to get you. to the train station. No. I can't do it. Can't, can't do it. it. No compound can't
2: sentences. It. You speak some French.
1: It speaks some French, but again, like it's one of those things that, like, I don't, I'm not able to use it in the way that I want to. I just don't have people to really talk with. And so.
2: Yeah, that is the key, isn't it? It is. And it,
1: like, whenever I see my friends, it does come back. But I, Mm -hmm. so I remember, I feel like I have a little bit of the inverse from, like, you know, you can say nouns, but not much else, where I can remember the sentence structure, but often I'm like, I think this is the word for this. I think this mm. is the word for that. And not that I'm perfect, but I just I feel like without using the vocab, my vocab has suffered.
2: Yeah. I think another area that American education severely lacks other than civics education, oh my god, is yes. a second language. Yeah. It's insane. It's yeah. insane how little emphasis is put on to american students to learn another language i mean it's mm-hmm. required in some in in some sense where it's like yeah you have to take two years at some point of a foreign language but that's not that's not no. an actual program <laughs> that's not gonna actually make you bilingual
1: no because when you're forcing like an 18 19 year old to take it in their first two years of college like they've already like, the brain has to learn it as down. a young. Yeah, because basically you're just trying to translate from what you already know to what you don't know, or vice versa, as opposed to yeah. like learning two words for one thing. You know, your brain Correct. is not your your brain is past doing that work.
2: It's hard. It's, it's so hard, hard when yeah. you're an adult trying to learn a second language. So let's. You know, once we once we fix the civics education in this country, we will yeah. move on to getting a uh, second language education standard set in this country. That'll be our that'll be our next podcast. That's that's next week's work. <laughs> Called Hello and guten Tag with Lizzie Stewart and Arn <laughs> Wolandowski.
1: <laughs> Hello and Gutentag. Oh Oh my god. That would be a really fun podcast. We could you could just say nouns and I'll ask people what they mean in French. I love it. I love
2: it. We already okay, so everybody stay tuned to wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts for Hello and Guten Tag. Hello and Guten Tag. Coming to your ears in (laughs) the next three to five years.
1: (laughs) Don't hold your breath.
2: But today we are doing not only a Supreme Court case, but arguably one of the Supreme Court cases. The capital T-H-E top oh, yes. five. She's, oh Depending yeah, on who you are. Uh-huh. Impactful Supreme Court cases in modern times, especially. It's yep. one that I feel, I can't think of. I think other than Brown v. Board of Education, this is... The the most tossed around, colloquially Supreme Court case that's mentioned in just everyday life. Oh, you know, I, I agree. I, yeah, I agree. I would guess that like if I asked random people on the street, w- name a Supreme Court case, right. this would definitely be one that's mentioned a lot.
1: Right, right. And not even the full name. They would just say Row.
2: Row. Row. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream and this month is the anniversary of the decision of Roe v. Wade being handed down. So quickest refresher, the Supreme Court hears arguments generally in the fall. And then they usually start announcing decisions in the spring summertime, late spring, early summertime. That's kind of Supreme Court season. You usually see it end of May, early June. But every now and then they hand out Decisions, especially if they're pressing to national interest, etc., cetera, they'll hand it out throughout the new year, you know, before that window that we expect a lot of decisions to come. So that's what happened here, where they gave the decision in January of 1973 and has, I mean, golly. I feel like at some point I read an article that was like, here's what
1: happened to Jane Rowe. And it was and I can't remember if she had the baby or not. Um, or she like kept it and gave it up for a die. I don't remember. But then, I re- the part that I do remember is that she basically switched sides and is mm-hmm. very pro life.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a really that's actually a very interesting part of the yeah. conversation. And you know, is is exactly that that the the defendant ended up deciding to to you know to want something different. But I think what's interesting and sort of the the thread of that is that she got to choose. She had oh, the
1: choice. She and did. Choice she got to choose.
2: Yeah. Is an interesting thing. There's only one stance in which there is an actual choice that can be made. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So, just hinting at what our stance is on this episode, <laughs> and, <laughs> in case you disagree. But before we jump in, let's go through the sources of today. I know uh, what's coming. I'm so excited that we have probably my favorite source personally. It's the best. It's the best it's source. a fan favorite. Yep. Lay it on
1: us. Oh, first up is oh yay! Oh yay! Oh yay! Oh yay! yay, yay, yay. yay. Oh, my God. So good. How You can't do a Supreme Court case without O.E.A. It's
2: impossible. it's impossible. Legally, you cannot.
1: No. We also have some information, mainly like some historical, you know, what happened before Roe, what led up to Roe, information from Planned Parenthood. And then Enough. an article by Nina Totenberg from NPR that talks about the current situation with Roe with the current Supreme Court.
2: Yeah, because it truly seems like every... Every year we're having a thing about Roe being under attack. And it's just, like, somebody give Roe a break. Like, you know what we should attack? Gerrymandering. Let's do that. Let's attack that. Let's attack attack that. that. Would love to attack gerrymandering personally. Yes. Anywho, but today is all about Roe v. Wade, the court case, what happened before, and what happened after. So Let's kick it off by talking about what was the case in very general terms. This information is coming from obviously Love of My Life. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. In 1970, Jane Rowe, which, if you don't know, Jane Rowe is a fictional name used in court documents to protect the plaintiff's identity. So, this woman's name is not actually Jane Rowe, but this is a common thing that is done to protect identities. So Jane Rowe filed a lawsuit against Henry Wade, the district attorney of Dallas County, Texas, where she resided, challenging a Texas law making abortions illegal except by a doctor's orders to save a woman's life. So no abortions unless you are going to actually die Die. as the mother to bring this child to term, which is a very real thing that happens to women. And there are abortion... Laws that are trying to be put in place and have been put in place that don't even allow for that. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah. So just die.
1: Yeah. Just die right. already. And the important thing just also die. to note is that it was a Texas law, mm-hmm. which is why it's going to the Supreme Court. They're taking it to the Supreme Court. And that will come back, I think, is an interesting topic in the end, given what the case that's before the Supreme Court now is what their mm, argument is. Yeah. Because it is more of a state's rights argument as opposed to really anything having to do with the content of abortion. Sure. Which I guess I didn't really realize until I did the notes for this episode. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> if you want to rule in favor of everything being a state's rights option, like, why do we even have a federal <laughs> legislative
2: body? But okay. It's a domino effect, everything domino has a effect. consequence. Yeah. In her lawsuit, Roe alleged that the state's laws were unconstitutionally vague and abridged her right of personal privacy protected by the 1st, 4th, 5th, Ninth, and 14th Amendment. This girl's like, not only is it number one, but check out number four, five, nine, and 14. Mm -hmm. She's like, all of my
1: rights are being violated. So many of my rights. Violated.
2: Violated. Violated.
1: So, as with any Supreme Court case, there's a judicial. What do they call it? Um, like not prior standing. What's the word they use? Precedent. Precedent. Thank you. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: you. I am I a justice. People forget. You,
1: I'm justice Stewart. Uh huh. Uh-huh,
2: thank you. Uh-huh.
1: So, with in Roe v. Wade, as with every Supreme Court case, there's precedent that comes before the case that's being decided. So with Roe v. Wade, there were some things that led to that ruling in the court. So to reach its decision in Roe, the Supreme Court drew on decades of case law that established that the government cannot interfere with certain personal decisions about procreation, marriage, and other aspects of family life, which is just new to really anybody who has followed abortion or same-sex marriage or any other number of things that have to do with procreation marriage and other aspects like of family right. life that's <laughs> like that's all people want to do sometimes
2: it's like get out of our business you get out of my business I don't, I don't care what you do
1: go over there and do what you want to do just stay do what here you want to do let me do what i want to do in Griswold v connecticut in 1965 which was an appeal of the criminal conviction of the executive director of the planned parenthood league of connecticut for providing contraceptives to married couples, the Supreme Court found that a state statute making it a crime to use birth control violated married couples' right to privacy.
2: Yes, what do Which you care? Which I agree with. A hundred percent? It's like, what the fuck do you care? Um, imagine, imagine, imagine uh, you can't do something for your body because the government says you can't. right. <laughs> It doesn't matter
1: what you and your spouse want or don't want. The government knows better.
2: The government does know better. They do know better.
1: No contraceptive. And then Griswold v. Connecticut overturned that. I mean, like, thank God. 1965. Jesus. Seven years after that, the justices found that this right also applied to single people. Thank you so much. Thank you
2: so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it's also it's not just it's not necessarily I think single people is incorrect. It is single women, right? Because men <laughs> right. don't take birth control pills. Sadly, I mean, I really wish Sadly. we could fix this situation. Unless unless they're also including condoms in this right category, right? Which if it was illegal to give condoms to single people. Oh I mean, God, maybe, you... maybe they are including that. I don't know. But I don't know. Can you believe that for seven years the government was like, okay, we don't have any business in telling married people what they right. should do to protect against unwanted pregnancy. But we do have a right to what single people do to protect against right. unwanted pregnancy.
1: Those for precari- seven years. For seven years. Because those precarious sluts, they're going to go out there. Precarious.
2: I'm precarious. telling you those. Absolutely not. Loosey-gooseys. Yep. Loosey-gooseys.
1: Oof. Yeah. So seven years later, the justices found that this right to have contraceptives also applied to single people, which was in Einstadt versus Baird, 1972. And together, these two cases, Griswold v. Connecticut and Einstadt v. Baird, set the stage for Roe versus
2: Wade. Yeah. So here we I are. I I see how. Oh, yeah. You know, I-, I guess it's if you say that the government can't be involved in one thing. It really makes it hard to justify, like, okay, we can't tell you about this, but we can tell you about that. Right. When it's right. all having to do with like intimate personal decisions. Right. Surrounding sex. Right.
1: But we can we can tell you that you can have contraception contraceptives if you're single. But yeah, I mean Dicey. <laughs> I just feel like get out of it, get out of it altogether. This is yeah, yeah business, just get out of the game,
2: game, man. I make get it easier. Game.
1: Yeah. Roe was also a reflection of the changing times. By the late 1960s, a nationwide effort was underway to reform the criminal abortion laws in effect in nearly every state. Healthcare workers, healthcare providers, women's rights advocates, clergy members, and the legal community lobbied state legislatures and went to court to overturn statutes that had been in place since
2: before the turn of the century. Before the century turned, y'all, we're talking about 1800, Uh, 1899 to 1900. Yeah. That's what was dictating the lives of everyday Americans, specifically American women. Yeah. In the 1960s. Old ass laws passed by crotchety old men. Crotchety. You've seen Mm. the pictures. I don't have to tell
1: you. No. Crotchety, crusty old men. Mm-mm. Mm. many of the laws dated back like lizzie said to the mid 1800s when state legislatures moved to ban abortion despite this nation's history since colonial times of allowing abortion prior to quickening which i meant to look up what quickening is do you know what quickening
2: is i don't know what quickening is I let's feel look like, it up let's
1: look it up i feel like it's the old word for like labor Oh, oh no! I'm totally wrong. Quickening is Ooh. the first movements of the fetus felt in utero. Okay.
2: So I guess what the the irony of it is is that you know let's say from 1776 to mm-hmm. let's say 1850, right. abortion was legal up yeah. to a certain point. Up you know, to, up to a certain amount of weeks. Feel... Up to quickening, which right. Don't know what week that would be, but you know, up to a certain up to a certain time. And then for some reason in the 1850s, they decided, you know what, not at all, and banned it all together. And then for the next hundred years, we stuck with that decision as a country. Yep. Even though we have a long history of allowing it. I I didn't know that. I think that's curious. I think it's worth... When we talk about what our founding fathers intended...
1: Right. I'm just saying. Well, they were having babies with people left right and center. Yikes. Messy. Messy. Mm. Between 1967 and 1973, four states, Alaska, Hawaii, New York, and Washington, repealed their abortion bans, while 13 other states enacted limited reforms. Even before Roe was decided lawsuits challenging criminal abortion laws had begun to work their way through the courts in more than a dozen states. So already like the tide is turning. We're yeah. we're seeing states look at the laws on their books and be like this is archaic.
2: Right. Well, and also I mean just look at the time in which this is happening. I mean, we are in the late 60s, we're going into the 70s, we're going into the age of Aquarius like There is a huge social societal change happening in the 60s and in the 70s. Yeah. And specifically around interpersonal relationships. Right. And it's very anti-government at this time. So the idea that this entity that is not revered in many social circles is making decisions that are so intimate... I get why they're, I get it makes so much sense that it started in this time period. It, it matches does. up with everything else that's going on. It
1: does. So, in 1965, just for a little bit of context, abortion was so unsafe that 17% of all deaths due to pregnancy and childbirth were the result of an illegal abortion. Yeah. Today, less than 0.3% of women undergoing legal abortions at all gestational periods sustain a serious complication requiring hospitalization. So, like, basically we went from 20% to basically none.
2: Right. It is as safe as any other medical thing that you might undergo as a person. Among women
1: undergoing legal first trimester abortion procedures, the percentage sustaining serious complication drops
2: to 0.05%. Like one in 100,000. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that just gives
1: you an idea of what was happening way back when we were used to back alley abortions and people dying from illegal yeah. abortions and the movement both in society and in the judicial record to make way for Roe v. Wade, which then... I don't know what happens. Lizzie's going to tell us about the decision. I'm going
2: what happened. going mm-hmm. to what happened.
1: But hopefully made the way for, for Roe v. Wade to give women the right to
2: have abortions legally in the United States. And safely, more importantly. I mean, safely. Safely. Here's the thing that I think people often forget is, God forbid, Roe v. Wade is overturned. Women are not going to stop seeking abortions. No. And in fact, women currently seek abortions that are not done safely in the the care of a, you know, experienced provider because they don't have access to it. So there are women currently right now who are getting abortions in incredibly, extremely unsafe conditions because Mm -hmm. they are so desperate to receive it they have been put in this position and it is an absolute crime against humanity that we as a country have forced women into this position and are trying to force even more women into the position of having to do something very unsafe for whatever reason that is already incredibly valid so Roe v. Wade hopefully stays because I think it should. I think it is precedent and it should absolutely live long and forever. But it will not stop women from seeking abortions. It'll only no. make it more unsafe. Right. And criminal, which, amazing. Perfect. Amazing. Please, yes. please put us after, in After After
1: these people die, please throw them in jail
2: because... Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Would love yeah. that. But... Let's talk about the actual decision, the Roe v. Wade decision that did set a precedent for abortions federally for the first time in history. So this is all coming from Moyes, of course. The court ruled that, quote, inherent in the due process clause of the 14th Amendment is a fundamental right to privacy that protects a pregnant woman's choice whether to have an abortion. However, this right is balanced against the government's interests in protecting women's health and protecting the potentiality of human life. The Texas law challenged in this case violated this right. So a lot to unpack here. It's obviously first and foremost, first section, People have a right to privacy. Pregnant women right. have a right to privacy. Period. Period. Full stop. And at the same time, the government does have a vested interest in protecting not only current human beings, but the potential of current of of new human beings, which sure. I don't disagree with. Yeah. I don't disagree that there shouldn't be an interest in both of those things, mm-hmm. which is why people don't just abort children at 9 months not even a real percentage of actual abortions and yet it's become the poster child of oh my the god abortion movement. and it's not
1: even possible it's
2: so it's so stupid
1: like that's it right. literally the poster fetus it's for insane the argument and it's not even a thing that could be a reality because it's not legal correct
2: Justice Harry Blackmun delivered the opinion for the, and I want to just say this slowly, 7-2 to two majority of the court. This was not a 5-4. No. Also, they're all white men. White men. Crazy. This truly? Yeah. One of those things where I was like, shoot, really could have gone either way on this. Because- yeah. I mean, in theory, on paper, the Supreme Court is supposed to act in the interest of protecting the Constitution, right? That is the, you know, Reader's Digest version of what the Supreme Court is supposed to do. It's not supposed to be about public opinion, et cetera, et cetera, what your own personal ideology is. It's supposed to be about upholding the Founding Fathers' intentions in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting to me that I, I do think in this case, that's what they did. Yeah. Like, that was the justification, was this truly is what we think the Founding Fathers and the Constitution intended, because their demographic and their ideology would have suggested otherwise. Otherwise. Right. So, 7-2 to two decision decided this. Not 5-4. Not a crazy split. This is a big, big win. The Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment protects against state action the right to privacy and a woman's right to choose to have an abortion falls within that right to privacy. Directly from the decision, quote, A state law that broadly prohibits abortion without respect to the stage of pregnancy or other interests violates that right. Although the state has legitimate interests in protecting the health of pregnant women and the potentiality of human life, The relative weight of each of these interests varies over the course of pregnancies, and the law must account for this variability. True. And this is where I get this is where I think the argument of when does life start? Yes. This is where that argument comes from because to some people, it starts at conception, it starts when the egg meets the sperm, they give a little handshake, and they do a little dance. And for for other people, it's cardiac activity, you know, which isn't even necessarily the problem with heartbeat bills. Is they're called heartbeat bills, but it's not. That doesn't mean it's a viable. No, it's cells that are. Yes, act act. They are living cells for sure. Right, but it's not a heart. Right. It's very. It's important to realize that language is meant to sway people. Oh, of course, because if you said. If you said, like, a cell, you know,
1: EKG wave bill, like, that doesn't mm-hmm. make anybody want to cry that, about the murdering
2: babies. If you say a heartbeat right. bill, it makes people it's sad. Good and it may, it's it's, it's a good headline. It's a good headline. So continuing on the decision that was written out. In the first trimester of pregnancy, the state may not regulate the abortion decision. Only the pregnant woman and her attending physician can make that decision. In the second trimester, the state may impose regulations on abortion that are reasonably related to maternal health. In the third trimester, once fetus reaches the point of, quote, viability, a state may regulate abortions or prohibit them entirely so long as the laws contain exceptions for cases when abortion is necessary to save the life or health of the mother. Right. So this, they laid it out. Yeah. They laid it out so that way both sides could have their interests met. On the right. one hand, you have the interest of the mother who perhaps cannot keep the child. So right. there is a generous window that is laid out in the decision for the woman mm-hmm. to exert that choice. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half of the window, that's when the state gets to have its interests met by getting to regulate and make sure that they are fulfilling their promise to protect the interests of potent the potentiality of life. What's crazy about it is when it's laid out this way, both sides have an yeah. equal opportunity to get what they want. Right. Period. <laughs> It's like an incredibly reasonable decision. It's It's like one of the best compromises. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Over something that is very, very heated and debated. When you look at what both sides wanted out of this, this is a very equal compromise.
1: It's very good. And then there's this whole like second trimester in between where there's like, sure, some regulations are fine. But it's also acknowledging that like, this is a very messy situation and there's no right. win-win, right? There's always going to be a win-lose in people's eyes because right. nobody's happy. I mean, people who, I'm sure people are relieved of, of about having an abortion or there are some emotions about like, you know, which could be associated with happiness. But nobody goes to get an abortion and is like, yippity do da day uh, right. You know, like I can imagine that for most women, it's a very traumatic hard experience so like right it's not like this you know and i feel like that's what this court case is acknowledging is that this is a messy area and we're gonna try to demystify it and we're gonna try to put some structure to it and we're gonna give each side pieces of a win so that at least we feel like we're doing kind of the bare minimum to protect the choice of the mother and then once a fetus is viable to protect the potentiality of life, which I also yeah. think just goes along with most people's feelings about abortion. Like I think most people
0: yeah.
1: would say like, no, no, no. Eight months. Like that's a baby. Like if you took the baby out of the mother and put it in a NICU for a couple weeks, like that baby would probably be okay. You know, like, right. So I think it's, is a very sound, reasonable structure for this decision. decision. And it also like, it also protects the people, the women, who would have gone to get illegal abortions. And like we said before, 17% of the of the deaths that occurred due to pregnancy or birth were from illegal abortions before this law was right. – before this case was decided.
2: And it's so interesting because part of this argument, from the state's perspective, is protecting the potentiality of life. And in the meantime – there is an obvious mortality rate right. and you know i think health crisis happening on their watch that they are not doing anything to assist with this would save lives if women right. could get safe abortions from medical professionals it would yep. actually it is it is it, pro-life in that way (laughs) oh yeah
1: and also you know know, if like somebody dies from an illegal abortion like there is then you're completely erasing that person's potential to to, like procreate in a at a different time and to have a child at a different time like you're completely eliminating the potentiality of life from just that individual alone not even you know of the fetus
2: yeah We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors.
0: You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals?
1: So with all that said, there's a lot that's changed about the way we think mm. about Roe and the laws that have been passed across the United States that try to limit abortions or limit people's access to abortion. And Lizzie's going to talk about later. Now there's a case which, uh, before the Supreme Court that basically wants to get rid of Roe. I mean, it yes. would get rid of Roe. So before we get there, we're just going to, like, do a brief history about what happened between when Roe was decided and, and now. So by 1992, changes in the makeup of the Supreme Court led many to believe that it might overturn Roe when it decided a challenge to several Pennsylvania abortion restrictions. However, in Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania v. Casey, 92, the court reaffirmed the core holding of Roe that the constitutionally protected right to privacy includes every woman's right to make her own personal medical decisions. But nevertheless, the court made it more difficult for women to succeed in challenging laws that were less than absolute prohibitions on abortion. So unless it says you can't get an abortion, the court made it hard for you to challenge those laws. The court ruled that in order to succeed in a constitutional challenge, a law must be shown to have the purpose or effect of placing a substantial obstacle in the path of a woman seeking abortion. And I remember when that was like, when, like, what was it a few years ago when there were all the states um, that were like, you have to have medical privileges at a hospital and you have Mm. the hallways have to be X feet wide and they have to have, you know, all of those that you're like, what does that have to do with the price of eggs? Like, that, no. But that's, those laws are trying to skirt around, like, you can still get one.
2: Yeah. If you can. If you can do this sort of laundry list of impossibilities. Right,
1: right. You can still, we're not outlawing abortion. We're just basically making it impossible for a place to exist where you could get one. Right. So, under this test, this substantial substantial obstacle test, many abortion restrictions have been upheld, including requirements that women make multiple trips to an abortion provider and suffer an enforced delay prior to obtaining an abortion. I've had friends who've had to do this, where it's like, you go one day, you get this appointment, then you have to go back 48 hours later for a different appointment. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, why? Why? In 2007, additional changes in the makeup of the court, the Supreme Court, led to further restrictions on a woman's ability to make personal medical decisions about her pregnancy. Despite having struck down a similar law just seven years earlier, on April 18, 2007, in Gonzales v. Carhartt and Gonzales v. Planned Parenthood Federation of America, the newly composed court in a 5-4 decision upheld the first federal legislation to criminalize abortion. This legislation, the so called Parth- Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act of 2003, which does not contain an exception for the woman's health, makes it a federal crime to take certain steps when performing a second trimester abortion. In upholding the ban, the court effectively overruled a key component of Roe that it had previously affirmed again and again, which is that a woman's health must be the paramount concern in laws that restrict abortion access.
2: Yeah. And this is just one of those things where it's like, just think about it, where it's like, right. if you, if you're a woman who needs an abortion, who may not even have wanted one at first, right. or wanted one, it doesn't really matter. Right. But now you can't, even though it will kill you. They're saying, right. no, it's criminal. Right.
1: Right. Even if you wanted to have, like, you say you wanted to have the baby, and then you find out that, like, there's something that it's doing to the the mother's body, the woman's body, that's making it, you know, like you can't carry it to term for fear of your own death. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's that's why you have to have like the woman's health at the top of the the pecking order in this list of right. hierarchical considerations. Because it doesn't matter really if you want to keep the child or not.
2: Right. Well, I mean, if you don't have, the, <laughs> to me, simply put, if you don't have the woman's health at the top of... With the child's health, it's not pro-life. If the mother no. could die, it's not pro life. <laughs> it's not pro-life. It's not pro life. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but that's no. just no. It's you have to, to call it something different. It's pro-life. Right. It's pro-tiny life. You're making a choice about which is more important. Right. Right. But it's not pro-life. No. I'm sorry. It's not pro-life. I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but if you're willing to let a mother die. D-I-E? How could you be pro-life? I mean, I'm not Charles Dickens, but that wording doesn't make sense.
1: Retreating from this core principle, the Supreme Court allowed Congress to ban certain second trimester abortion procedures that doctors and and major medical organizations, including the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, believe are sometimes the safest and best to protect women's health.
2: I love this. I love when Congress passes things and actual experts say, um, wait, this is actually good for the health of our patients. Right. I don't know how many doctors we have in Congress, but I know it's not a ton. (laughs) I know it's not a ton. I know we're supposed to be consulting experts when we sort of write legislation on public health. Right. Okay, let's talk about a current Supreme Court case that our current SCOTUS has heard arguments for, and we will be awaiting a decision for in the coming months in this year, first half of this year. I don't know when it will come. I don't know if it'll come in SCOTUS decision season or if it'll come earlier or later, but a decision will come. So this is Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. This case was a Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Until now, all the court's abortion decisions have upheld Roe's central framework that women have a constitutional right to an abortion in the first two trimesters of pregnancy when the fetus is unable to survive outside the womb, which is roughly 24 weeks. But Mississippi asks the Supreme Court case to reverse all its prior abortion decisions and return the abortion question to the states. So Mississippi, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I, is like, leave it to us. Leave it to us. Can you imagine? I mean, we haven't even finished this, and I will finish these notes. But can you imagine 50 different abortion laws that would be absolute – there's nothing else that's like that except if you can buy liquor at a grocery
1: store or not. This would be, like, the biggest domino. This falls and literally everything reverts because what
2: is everything the point reverts. of the court? Everything It's chaos.
1: There's no more gay marriage. There's no – like, I guarantee you there would be segregated schools in part of this country again. Like, yeah. nothing – if you can just kick one back to the states
2: – What's Why not get the them of the Supreme
1: off? Court? Why not everything else?
2: What is the point What's of What's the point of federal law? And yeah.
1: honestly, that's—I mean, like, if you're, uh, you know, like a conservative, you know, Republican, and and you don't want to have to deal with the federal government, this is like your best shot.
2: Sure. Sure. You know? The court's three newest justices, which are Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, all Trump appointees appeared to signal that they are ready to side with Mississippi, but it wasn't immediately clear if all of them would strike down Roe, as the state of Mississippi has asked. The new Six Justice conservative supermajority seemed to fall into two camps. In one were, you guessed it, Justice Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and Gorsuch, apparently willing to reverse Roe, and perhaps other decisions based on the right to privacy. And then the other camp, the court's other three conservatives, reluctant to go beyond abortion. The court's liberals, quoted from the court's previous decisions on abortion, and the liberty interest enshrined in those decisions, what has changed, asked Justice Sonia Sotomayor, noting that the state of Mississippi in its enacting the ban on abortion after 15 weeks cited the change in the court's membership. I want to actually, I remember reading this quote. I'm going to find it because it was actually really, really amazing what she said. Okay, this is it. This is the quote that, so this is what direct quote that Sonia Sotomayor said. And I'm pretty, and she said it at, when they were hearing the arguments, she said, quote, 15 justices over 50 years have reaffirmed that basic viability line. Four have said no, two of them members of this court, but 15 justices said yes, of varying political backgrounds. Now, the sponsors of this House bill in Mississippi said, we're doing it because we have new justices on the Supreme Court. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong.
1: It's absolutely true. Yeah, so like Lizzie said the case will be there should be a decision this summer. What do you According think the decision will be? I think I mean, I think those 3 like super conservative, you know, we don't want Oh, yeah, want well, they, they will. Dying. They will. They want it. They're that, for sure they're going to go the full hog. I think it yeah. will fall in a 5-4 in a way that let's row stand but I I won I do think that like it will be one of those I hope it's I hope it's one of those things where they like they make a decision and they're like it's for this case only you know what I mean oh, like for sure. Only but the I, state
2: of Mississippi can decide. Right. All the no, other no, states no. still have to follow our laws. <laughs> Imagine if that was it. I know it's not oh. I'm joking.
1: No, yeah, yeah, no, no. I think it'll be I think it'll uphold up, I think they'll uphold Roe, but I don't think it'll be like it's as if this court case never happened. Get out of here. You know, I, I think it'll be some version of I th-
2: if I had to guess, I think it'll be a win lose, just like you're saying, where it'll be the win of. No, we're keeping Roe as the federal law in place for regulating abortions. However, we understand that the this, this state has vested interest in the timing of abortions, and therefore 15 weeks is an appropriate amount. I can see that I being. honestly
1: don't think that they'll decide anything about abortion. I think, like, I, I really don't think that will... I mean, maybe I'll be wrong, and I don't even... I I, I probably will be wrong, but I don't think they'll even decide anything about abortion. I, it seems to be that the way that the... The, the concern that the other conservative justices have is with this right to privacy and so that's why I think like if those three conservative justices are like yep no no right to privacy no abortion super conservative and the other ones are like we don't want to overturn all this precedent but right to privacy you know like I can imagine them being like right to privacy stands for this particular circumstance aka abortion but not for other things I I don't Mm. know that they would actually say Fifteen weeks is to whatever you know, too mm. little or too much. Or I don't. I don't really think they're going to say anything about abortion itself. I think they'll make some kind of ruling focus about on right to
2: privacy. I think it's yeah. just tough then, if their focus is you know keeping right to privacy. It, Roe and right to privacy are interchangeable, in my Ooh. opinion, and I think in precedent's opinion. If you if you if you don't have right to privacy. Roe is overturned, along with a lot of other things. Right. If you do have right to privacy, Roe stands. It'll probably be, you know what? It'll probably be, I can see it being a victory with like an ominous. Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah. Decision of this isn't finished. Because I remember. Yeah. My God, this always sticks with me. I remember it was, oh goodness gracious, it was, it was like an Indiana case, maybe it was Planned Parenthood of Indiana versus Indiana, something like that. I'm misremembering the actual case itself, but it was surrounding restrictive things that the the state had put on doctors and women. And then it also had this element of like what to do with the actual, you know, medical waste that comes from certain abortions and if you should bury those or have like an actual proper burial for them or if they can be put away as regular medical waste is put away Mm -hmm. um and the court you know struck down the restrictive things but upheld this thing of you know the the state has a vested interest in this type of of human remains, I guess is the best way you could say, although it's not, it's cells at this point, it's still, you know, molecular mass. But in that decision, that's a very bad summary of the case, but in that decision, Clarence Thomas wrote a separate dissent where he spoke about how he thinks people will abuse abortions and that they will use it to promote the eugenics movement. Uh And that that in itself is the key to unraveling Roe v. Wade. He like gave answers to the test and I'm just waiting for somebody to take up that argument when it comes to abortion, which is an absolutely insane insane argument to make. But Mm -hmm. Clarence Thomas and I think the conservative justice will do this in this decision. Will say in this in-, in this instance, we have to stay with Roe, right. but here is something to consider that signals to legislatures and conservatives alike: this is how you come after this.
1: Right. I could see that something like that happening here. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't, I, I, I just think it would be a lot for somebody like, what's his face? Kavanaugh. I, I just, I I mean, maybe I, I, I just feel like the, the, the abortion will be like. The exception to the rule in in some ways, like what I mean, because that mm. last thing that he said, the court's other three conservatives are reluctant to go beyond abortion, in tearing down right to privacy. So like they don't they aren't going to care about it in a in terms of abortion, but they if they want it to stand for other things, because yeah. really the right to privacy saying? is like actually a very libertarian conservative (laughs) view like I I just can't imagine them throwing that all out without some kind of stipulation I don't know I mean I could be totally wrong but I also just feel like I mean maybe I mean by that logic maybe they will just be like no more Roe but in all other situations right to privacy exists and where do you go from there because (laughs) there's no higher court so like yeah i don't know i just i cannot imagine what would happen like in the streets if come the summer yeah roe is overturned i mean like we had last summer and then if this summer is like the summer of roe
2: yeah yeah, fair i mean i mean it would be it would be very similar to to last summer it would be global because we're supposed to be the the precedent for the rest of the world and we, all of our contemporaries globally are overall adopting pro abortion laws. I mean even not Ireland Ireland all of them recently, not all of them, but even Ireland, wasn't it Ireland like just in the last like, I think yeah, Ireland years. Just did one. Yeah. yeah. So everybody is moving in that direction and yet we're going to take 50 steps back. That's insane. That's in, it's literally insane. Just remember, everybody, it is about choice and everybody getting the same choice. Nice. And only between pro life and pro choice, only one of them actually gives you the option of a choice. Only one of them actually gives everybody what they want, mm-hmm. which is pro choice. You cannot, you can be against it. You don't have to get it. You do not have to get it.
1: No, you don't have to get gay married. You don't have to get an abortion.
2: Nobody's making you do that. They're just giving somebody else the choice. And with that, that is the end of our Roe v. Wade episode. Heavy topic. Heavy topic. We got to talk about it. Feel very strongly about it. You know, if you disagree, all the love in the world to you, but reconsider. (laughs) I beg of you, just sit back and think. That you don't have to get an abortion if you don't want to just remember that just remember that this doesn't make you do anything and in the meantime in the meantime of all of this we will look to the supreme court to come up with a decision on this mississippi case and we'll obviously be watching it closely to see what the justices decide and in the meantime of that we love you so so much And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, you can rate us, you can review us, you can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.